Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Serbia. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. And at the end of the series, you, the listeners, will have the chance to vote for your favourites and at our live event... We think we are possibly having a live event. We will crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hey Monty, how you doing? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's been a good week, I think. Yeah. yeah. No reason why. Just we're still alive, which still is still alive, and it's Friday when we're recording this. Mm. I know it's a Monday morning when you're listening to this, but <laughs> you know that's how things work. Yeah, we don't we don't drink alcohol on a Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe post COVID we might. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long winter to get through yet. Mm. But we have had sort of quite a lot to get through in this episode because first thing I want to talk about, or actually want to explain the news that has arrived. We're recording this on Friday, as we say, and today we had a press conference from the Eurovision Song Contest team. What's the news? The news is. There is a contest next year. Well, actually, we did know that news. But today they presented four different scenarios, A, B, C and D, for whether and how, not whether, but how the contest will go ahead. So we've got some information that we can pour over, various things happening. Basically, they're looking at uh, the show will happen from the Ahoy Arena under all of these scenarios, but... The artists may or may not be present, depending on whether they are allowed to travel to the country or not. There may or may not be an audience. There may or may not be events going on in Rotterdam, or the events that do go on may be very amended from the events that we normally see, like the Euro Village and the, the Euro Club, etc. And there may or may not be a press centre, or there may be a press centre in some amended form presumably some kind of online feed and video link to interview mm. the artists with but we are going to have a contest but what scenario we're going to get we do not know so basically it's we're going to get a contest and it's going to be everything that you know it to be or nothing but it's yes, going to go ahead that's, that's quite right. i mean it's interesting it may not look too different on tv which of course is the the main reason for the yeah. Eurovision Contest, it is a TV show. Um, they may seamlessly be able to stitch in the performances that are happening in different countries. And so, you know, they look very similar to what we've got. But if you're on the ground in Rotterdam, and that's an if, mm. things may look very, very different in what's going on around the show. So lots to consider there, really. We'll suck it and see. Yeah, we will. It's our motto of life, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're talking about this on Friday and the news has just hit, but you're listening to this on Monday morning. So by then, we'll have had 75,000 fan tantrums and arguments online about the various merits mm. of the different systems. So you're probably sick of hearing about it by now. But we're quite excited because at least we know we are getting a Eurovision next year. But whether we get to Rotterdam or not, who can say? So, Monty, I want to dip into our mail sack, 
again this week because we had a couple of people write in. Who is the first person to write? The first person is our good friend Bob. Hello, Hello, Bob. How are you? He titles his email too subtle question mark and says hi Matt Baker and Monty Moncrief it's very formal Bob yeah. <laughs> I've known you for 10 years <laughs> but yes use my um, use my full name thank you Bob says wonderful show as usual thank you Bob <laughs> keep the magic and the dubalon charges flowing well we are we're keeping more than that flowing in this week's episode you wondered what people liked from previous episodes when they disagreed with you I usually agree with your choices. Good boy, Bob. Good boy. Yeah, end, end of email. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but, says Bob, when I don't, I try to leave little clues in my social media posts mm. rather than add any spoilers. So, for Ukraine, brackets, I'm still in shock, close brackets, I added a black square for for sure. And for Australia, I added heaven for Diana Ruvas. Sorry, is this too subtle? Big cherry flavoured hugs and kisses from Bob. P.S. Where's my mug? Well, two things to pick up there. First of all, <laughs> let, let's just mention the mugs, actually, because we we do have some mugs now. We have Am ten I looking mugs. at them? You yeah. are. They're sitting <laughs> atop my kitchen bench. <laughs> ten mugs. Each in a separate box. Each arrived in its own box rather than all arriving in the same box over a number of days in the post I'm literally <laughs> listeners I'm literally looking at 10 small boxes <laughs> <laughs> but we have mugs now we need to to get some of these mugs out and we will decide over the coming weeks who deserves a mug from our, our writings so mm, hang on Bob you will see whether you deserve a mug or not hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but Bob says is this too subtle it is for me Bob, it is too subtle. I'll tell you why. Because I have to be clobbered around the head with a sledgehammer before I realise the point. I have literally stood in the shop with a friend before while he was looking at something and saying, oh, these are nice. Oh, these are really nice. I wouldn't mind getting one of these. And not two minutes later, I said, oh, so what do you want for your birthday then? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) completely didn't pick up on that at all so yeah I'm I I need slap it on thick bold big and then come back to me Bob there's uh, (laughs) then I might get the point (laughs) there's some advice (laughs) but thank you for uh, for writing in thanks Bob so the second writer inner that we've had is uh, Zach Uh, correspondent I think correspondent yeah Yeah. Uh, is, is Zach who I assume is from Chicago, USA. He says, Chicago's Moldovan Cherry. Hey, Matt and Monty. Zach here from Chicago. Oh, he is from Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed your dive into the Moldovan selection, but felt I'd be remiss if I didn't bring a certain performance to your attention. I know she was knocked out during the audition round, but Carolina Ra is an absolute star. Oh, rhymes. And I hope to see her represent Moldova in the future. The studio cut of her song, Dancing in the Sunrise, was honestly better than many of the entries that made it to the semi-finals, but it was her live performance that proved to be her downfall. Like the band on the Titanic, she committed to going down with the ship, busting out her best question mark moves while catching none of the camera angles. If you're so inclined, you can watch her her rhythmic stylings here, and he provides a link. Just a word on that, actually. I think 
not catching the angles was probably as much her the issue of the production team than her. I don't know. Not necessarily put all the blame on her. But anyway. In fact, she was such a hit among the Chicago Eurovision fans that we've unofficially made her Almodovan Cherry this year. Oh, okay. Mm. Rivals, eh? Rivals. <laughs> Unofficial. Um, thank you both for continuing to fill the void caused by the cancellation of this year's contest. We like to fill a void. We do. We'd fill voids well. You're doing more than you know for the Eurovision community. Oh. Aww. Zach. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. That's very, very sweet. That's a great email because, A, you've polished our egos. <laughs> <laughs> and you've also given us a bit of information to talk about. So, yeah, Carolina Ra, it was... a. You're right. You're bang on. That is an incredible track. It's great. It's really great. I don't know yeah. why I didn't make it through when they told us they had so many songs that were great in the auditions. And they... <laughs> <laughs> the thing is... This was performed in the audition round, and we have always had an unwritten rule at Cherry, but we've always go for performances in the televised national final round. Now, this is interesting because this was televised, so this is potentially eligible, Mm. even though it's not actually the final, it is the audition round. So yeah, that's something to, to ponder there for our future changeable feasts of Check and cherry rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cracking track. So yeah, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. And everyone, yeah, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes to it so you can go and have a look at that performance. But we have wasted enough time already. So this week we are in Serbia. So let's get into it. So Serbia made her debut in Eurovision in 2007, but of course had been there before that as part of Serbia and Montenegro for two years that they sent a song, but the three years that they participated because the year that they withdrew their song, they were still eligible to vote in the contest. But of course, Serbia had been part of Yugoslavia before that. So we've got some great historic songs there, including the the wonderful uh, Baby Doll and Brazil <laughs> from 1991. Oh, I mean, you can't get a better track than that. It's just glorious. It's perfect Eurovision. Whilst they were Serbia Montenegro, their um, debut entry as that pairing of countries um, was Lana Moya by Jelko Joksimovic. And they came second mm. with that. A really, really impressive debut there. But if you're thinking of Serbia as an independent nation making their debut, then they won on the very first time yeah. with Maria Sharifovic and Molitva. My God, that is my favourite Eurovision winner of all time. Ever? Ever, absolutely. Mm. I think it is such a brilliant song. And when I first heard it, I, that's going to win. My friends who played it to me were like, what are you talking about? You know nothing. But yeah, I did. I knew that was going to win. And visibly, very visibly queer and... Oh, gloriously just, Yeah, gloriously so good. So. Great track. Yeah. A lot of people would agree with you, actually. I think a lot of people have this down as one of their favourite winners, for sure. Yeah. And they've had some great songs. I mean, that, that Balkan ballad, I think we, you know, we will come to that as we go through the show. But songs like Aura, the next year when they hosted, and just joyful songs that show off the... 
the passion and the brassy sounds of the the Balkan music scene, um, like Over Your Balkan by uh, Milan Stankovic in 2010. I mean, that's guaranteed to get me on the dance floor. <laughs> Absolutely guaranteed. Great song, Bayana. Beauty Never Lies. Bayana introduced us in Second Cherry Eve one year, introducing Jodie and I as the Harris, but she couldn't quite read the writing that we'd asked her to read out. So she said, here's your hosts, Jodie and Mary. <laughs> well, she wasn't wrong-ish. Well, you know, I can be a bit of a Mary. But yeah, great uh, tracks. And of course, uh, this year was going to be re- uh, represented by Hurricane with Hasta la Vista. Another cracking track. But um, yeah, that was not to be. Shall we have a little blast of that? Was that the right song, that one, Matt? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think um, we'll talk about the national final, but it was a pretty good selection of songs, and this was the best, I think. It's just joyful, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely joyful. They looked great on stage. They had such a nice personality off stage as well. And, of course, you know, some Eurovision notable members Mm -hmm. in that group there. Sanya is I'm such a fan of her yeah. and she kind of carried that group a little bit to be Ooh. honest with you <laughs> and uh, the daughter of Knez oh my god I can't remember her name now Ksenia Knezovic yes and Ivana Nikolic was the other member of that group just joy I would have loved to have seen that in Eurovision and I think such a shame it would have easily qualified for the oh final, for sure yeah. I don't think we'd have done that well in the final but we would have been Oh, we'd have loved it. We would have been at the front of the queue to interview them. (laughs) So let's talk about the national final then, that Hurricane went and won. So Bervisia 2020, um, it was had two semi-finals, so 12 songs in each semi-final. Six from each went through, so created the 12 songs of the final, uh, which was held at the RTS TV studios in Belgrade on the 1st of March. So we were on the tip of the corona situation but the show itself it consisted of like this 30th it was the 30th anniversary of Zagreb 1990 when they won in 89 and they kind of celebrated this fact so it was kind of the first of the former Yugoslav states to to win in 89 so they kind of had this real sort of celebratory presentation so they sort of began the show with a medley of songs from 1990 when they hosted so they had bandido and all sort of the the well-known songs from the 1990 show so the winner which was italy in cma in cma by toto Mm -hmm. bit of a fan favorite a lot lot. (laughs) but yeah and they also had performances from the aforementioned maria serifarich 2007 winner and also harry matahari which was the bosnia 2006 century Bosnia Herzegovina. And the original Bosnia 1999 entry before it was disqualified. Was it? Yes. Oh, yes. did not know that, but there you go. Which is an absolute tune. 
And so the winner was decided by 50% SMS text vote and 50% jury. And as we said, Hurricane with Hasta La Vista was the winner. But we're not interested in the winner anymore. What we're interested in is the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. So let's have a look at those selection of songs for you. So song one is by Andrea Yo and it's called Ochi Meduse. say something about the title of this song. Ochi Medusa. Ochi is eyes. It's a common you know word that we hear a lot. And Medusa, when I read this, I thought, well, it's the eyes of Medusa. Mm. But when we've tried to Google Translate this, every time Medusa comes up as a jellyfish. <laughs> so it translates as jellyfish eyes. Which is funny because it, that makes sense as well, because the presentation on stage is... It's clearly like a, a jellyfish. I don't know. What, what do they do? Well, there's, <laughs> a, there's a, a female singer and the male singer. The male singer is Andrea Yo. And there's a female singer who is trussed up um, and hoisted above the stage. And she's looking... Well, she's got these sort of tendrils mm. that flow from underneath her. And so it, she does look a little bit like a jellyfish. But she's all in black, so she looks like a sort of black widow jellyfish <laughs> hanging all limp from the ceiling while Andrea Yo goes about his business, centre stage, with uh, four dancers. The four dancers are clad in kind of S&M-y type gear. And this is a bit of a theme as we go through mm. the night. There's a it's lot the leather of, and... Yeah, there's a lot of this going on. We'll, we'll, we'll highlight it for you as we, <laughs> as we discuss it. But I really like this. It's a really good up-tempo pop song. It just, yeah, it's got that kind of Slavic pop feel to it, which I really like. There's a strange bit as well where when she's hanging from the ceiling, the dancers grab her tendrils and do a sort of like a maypole-type move, <laughs> dancing around, twining them up before she is plopped down from the ceiling to stand next to the twink of a singer at the end of the song. Hmm. I think um, among certain parties of the second cherry team, this went down quite well. I, I want to touch on the fact that, I don't know if we've said this before in the podcast, but a lot of these Western sounding songs from the Eastern European type countries do tend to be from the younger artists. And I found that really interesting. These younger artists are growing up in a obviously more interconnected international global world. And so their sound are a bit more fused together so that's one thing to point out yeah this sort of dance pop with a lack of chorus or an instrumental post-chorus tagged on is kind of really prevalent nowadays that fuego uh sort of style of structure of a song she is a little bit more interesting than he is he doesn't really engage me i feel like he's like every other young musician pursuing his dream he he 
He doesn't work the camera particularly well, does he? No, I feel like he... Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lack of experience here, maybe. I was a bit bored um, if it wasn't for what was going, going on around him. She looks like... She's the most interesting thing about it, really, mm-hmm. the way that she's sort of spread out on the stage. The tender. She looks like a computer game final boss. Like, you know, for anyone listening who's into, like, computer games, if you're a gamer, Final Fantasy, and there's, like... She looks like a boss fight from Final Fantasy game series. Like, it's a bit weird... And as Monty says, jellyfish eyes make sense because some of the lyrics and Medusa makes sense as well. Not, I'm a bit confused. But... I wonder if it is kind of some little play on words. Yeah, it's a word I wonder play. if it's, you know, if Medusa just means jellyfish, but also because it's there, it sounds like the Medusa there, they are playing that. Because in the lyrics, there's more of a talk of sort of, you know, turning to stone and not crying because you're made of stone. Mm. That would fit more with a Medusa thing. But we've checked, we've searched hashtag Medusa, we've done Google Translate, and every time it comes up with jellyfish and pictures of jellyfish. So, yeah, go figure. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Song number two, though, is Nida Ukraden, Bomba. Monty, Nida is 70 years old. What the actual? I know. She looks amazing. Doesn't she? I don't like judging women by the way they look, but can we just judge her on the way she looks for the time being? She looks stunning, and you can tell she's had work done, but not in that awful, oh my God, look at this old person who's had loads of work done so they look really plastic. She looks great. But it's not just the look, it's the whole attitude that she brings on the stage, the whole persona she brings and the way that she approaches this song, both in the performance of it and the theme of the song as well. This is cracking. Yeah, she's so current. It's it's really catchy, that contemporary sort of catchy feel. She's been around for donkey's years. You know, her first album was in 1975. She's done... Loads and loads of albums. 29 studio albums, according to Wikipedia. This is a seasoned artist who knows her craft. And that definitely shows because the vocal doesn't seem to be affected. The fact that she's an, you know, older people, you know, their, their voices do go. Absolutely nailed the vocal. Her back in sort of dances, like pick her up and throw her around, not a problem. Dealt with it like an absolute professional. They're wearing a face mask, um, which was interesting because obviously now we're so used to that visual. But back then it was quite a new thing to have on stage. So it's interesting that her dancers had these, you know, corona masks on, which, well, you know, as we know. And a little bit of a bondage theme going on with the dancers there as well. There was, again, this kind of sort of s and vibe. When I first saw this in the national final, my immediate note was, she's like your nan, dressed up in leathers, with Hattery's tamer backing singers, backing uh, dancers. Yeah. And it is a little bit like that. There's something really interesting going on. I have to say, I mean, the theme as well. Let's just pick up on the theme, because it's like a latter day, I will survive. She's discovered that she's been cheated upon and her man is coming back at you know 
this four in the morning and you know she knows he's been out and she's she's cottoned on to him and she's taking control of the situation and she's saying like you know how are you going to feel when you realise that I've left you because mm. she's smiling this yeah. isn't like a painful or sort of like a lament or she's really into this she's, she's got she's, the upper hand oh yeah she's yeah. in charge of this and I love the lyrics let's just get into the lyrics because the first one verse says it hurt for a really long time that feeling of falling to the bottom, that memory of when he grabbed me by the neck and still remind me you're a bastard or still remind me you're a jerk. We, the translation, that's a literal translation. But yeah, I'm saying she's, she gave this sort of like smiley performance, but the undercurrent is you're a dick and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad to be rid of you. Absolutely. And I have to say, if I am still throwing myself around in a figure-hugging catsuit with a bondage-like theme at 70, then I will be very, very happy indeed. Song three is Puklo Yeneba by Lazar Zhivanovich. Tell me what you think about Lazar, Matt. Well, I'm surprised by this because I just want to say that it came last, 12th place in the second semi-final. Robbed. And that surprises me because as a song, it's quite well produced. It's got a clear theme. And he would get votes from those that are partial to a man looking the way that he looks. How does he look, Matt? (laughs) I mean, young, nubile... Viral, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> swarthy is my word. Swarthy, there you go. He's kind of sort of camp swarthy. He's got a really nice beard and he's a very arrestingly pretty man. Yeah, I mean, he must model. Mm-hmm. He's got a model look about him for a male model. I, I think the song, though, it meanders a little bit and it's a bit repetitive, which maybe that's why it didn't get the votes. Unless he's got some kind of, he's a well-known personality and he's, you know there's something he's done something bad and we don't know you know I don't know why he doesn't get votes yeah it could be something like that yeah but the dance the dance break um, and the drop part of the song is electric it's the best part about the song lyrically it's complete balls it's just trite (laughs) Um, something about love protects us and we need salvation blah 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 it's just boring but I am surprised last place in its semi-final yeah, that's really poor showing. I can't understand why this did so bad. You like it, don't you? I like it. I really love it. And one of my notes at the time was, this is the kind of music that I wish was in our charts. It's got a Slavic feel to it, but it's also blending that with dance music as well. And you're right, that kind of build-up to the drop is just glorious. Um, I, I really love it. Yeah, camp, Slavic, jolly, pop. And, you know, he's very nice and easy on the eye as well. Always helps. Yeah. There you go. So that's song three. So song four is Ivana Jordan and Via. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think you should probably kick this off, Monty. Ivana Jordan is the kind of artist that uh, we have had a shorthand description for in Second Cherry over the years. <laughs> and that is that she's a titty blonde. <laughs> She's a buxom um, woman with blonde hair, the likes of which you see very often in a Balkan national final, generally singing this same song. But, oh my God, I love it. Absolutely love it. Again, just really nice Slavic pop. She's, again, got these dancers around and got a bit of a, you know, a bondage theme. They're kind of half naked and you know just something very interesting there's there's a pattern going on in some of these songs here where you've got a solo performer or two in the case of andrea Yell with the, the the woman who's singing with him and four dancers who are dancing in a a, a kind of a you know a, a, a theme we're, we're seeing this kind of same kind of dancing going on around and you know maybe that's partially to do with you know the eurovision time limit of three minutes does write, make you write particular kinds of songs. Because mm. if you want to get it in a particular range of um, BPM, you, you are going to get these similar sounding songs that are coming through. So I'm not surprised that it is a little bit formulaic in that sense. But it's a formula that I just love. I really, really adore this. And yeah, absolutely up there for me. Yeah, I think they split the second cherry team. For me, it just I'm a bit over this. I've seen it all before. This in the noughties. This it's a standard woman in boots in in a dress. Xena warrior princess giving us a bit of drama. I I just yeah, it doesn't connect with me. I'm bored of this. Well, I'm bored of you right now as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Song five is by Igor Simic called Ples za Rastanak. So this is my thing. I like this. Uh, it translates in English to farewell dance. And it came third, did really well. This is all about the visual. So we've just played you audio, but do click the link and look at the video because that's really what it's all about. It's all the lights off in the studio and like it, they've turned up the black lights so that um, it kind of reveals any sort of multicolored day glow makeup that that's it's like UV UV it? yeah, yeah sorry and so they also the performers Igor and backing dancers that he's got are absolutely doled up in in this colorful makeup and it and it's just shows I've been wanting something like this at Eurovision forever it's like the, you know anybody who's seen the film Avatar it's like the forest scene where suddenly all like the the fiber optic sort of colors sort of come through and it's it's a bit like that i like all this sort of color and and it's a national final stage so it can only do what it can do 
But I just wonder if something like that went to Eurovision, like what could you do to the stage? Like last week when we were talking about Katerina Sandu and she had like the Day of the Dead sort of makeup and think the burst of colours on stage would be amazing. You could do a similar thing to this. It sounds like the song could have a bit of Swedish songwriting talent attached to it. I don't think it does, but it, the way it sounds, it's very Western, very Swedish pop. It's actually co-written by Daniel Komakoski, who represented Macedonia in 2015 uh, with his song Autumn Leaves, which sidebar just bizarrely had backing vocals from um, Merge, who are Blackstreet, formerly known as Blackstreet. Weird. Anyway, um, just a really great pop song. I am into it. It's a very interesting presentation. Um, it's that UV stuff. I mean, I remember those UV things from my clubbing days where I used to have all manner of, like, you know, ear and nose and tongue jewellery that would be UV and I'd wear it to the club and it would, you know, all like that. We've seen it a little bit in the Eurovision and Eurovision adjacent uh, stage. Um, we saw Electro Velvet use that UV light-up effect um, in their performance. And also Danny Saucedo, who with um, Amazing, um, where he had uh, similar things. That, and in fact, in Second Cherry that year, Jody and I used UV glow sticks to emulate that effect <laughs> when we came on to start the show. <laughs> but this is like turbo-drived. It's like so much of it is going on. It's really arresting and a very interesting visual presentation. The songs actually got a bit of kind of a drum and bass feel to it and I'm really struggling to pinpoint what it is it reminds me of reminds me of some popular hit song that's been in the charts which of course I know nothing about well I can't I said Sigala it's got a Sigala feel but I'm not sure that's right I know what you mean you can't it sounds like someone in the charts but you can't quite place it yeah and you say Sigala and I'm like I have no idea what you mean by that at all but it may well be but if anybody knows what this reminds you of let us know because it's really bugging me because mm. it does remind me of something I'm I like it but I don't love it yeah I, 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 I can say it. I think it's probably one of the better songs in, in the contest but yeah I can see why it's a bit meh but I love it good for you so song six is by Bana Mojicevic Svetsa Prokletia. So, Monty, a Balkan ballad for you. What do you think? A Balkan ballad indeed. So we were talking about this at the head of the show. Songs like Lana Moya by Jelko Yuksimovic, like the Harry Matahari song as well. There was a real trend for these in the noughties, culminating really, if you like, with Molitva. That was the, the, the obviously the most successful but there's something rousing about this style of music that I absolutely love. And this is a very good example of that genre. And that's why Banner is put in, really. I mean, they're, they're ten a penny, this type of song. But when it's done right, it really, really works. 
yeah, it transports you away. You know, you're just on another plane. I think this isn't the best example of a Balkan ballad. It's good. It's not the best, but yeah, as we say, when you get it right, God, is it good. I still think this is quite gorgeous, though. Um, I like the staging when he's got sort of flowing red and yellow threads or electrical currents. It's like an effect coming from the back of the stage and up and over him. And a bit like in 2016, Jamala's Tree. Yes, I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, Just a little bit more understated. It's really gorgeous. I, yeah. Brings just a little bit of extra energy into the performance as well. You know, that it's got that rousing sound anyway, but it just helps to sort of build the momentum that's happening in the song. And this is one of those songs, and we talk about this all the time, about... you. I've not looked up the lyrics, so I don't know what the song's about, but I kind of get it. it. You know, it translates. Yeah, I mean, it's got that traditional feel of the sort of, you know, the folk songs of the region, where, you know, he's singing about... He's calling the woman, presumably, he's singing to his Svet, sa Prokletia, his flower from Prokletia. Mm. So it's got a very, very traditional feeling to the lyrics i've not looked at them but i imagine you know they go on in that vein yeah given the the the, st- the style of the sound and this the, the the feel of the whole piece so seventh song today we've got another bumper episode for you today the seventh song is called sama to umeshto and it's by the rocher ethno band When I saw the name of this group, I had very high expectations. When you see something that's talking about an ethno band, you just really want it to deliver. And oh boy, does it deliver. It's not your ethno band in the type of like, you know, a good old horror or something like that. But there's there's enough traditional flavour here, but they are a modern band as well. The lead singer is in a sort of pointy-shouldered cloak, looking a little bit like Ning the Merciless. Doctor Who baddie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he's uh, got this really interesting shaved heart in the side of his hair, um, sort of a you know bald patch heart shaved with the hair around it. It looks really, really interesting. I There's something about this I just really like. Um, it, it's got that rousing... Balkan Slavic feel to it and this is just my kind of thing this really really is didn't disappoint at all yeah I think that it's got quite a simple dance beat over like a bass and guitar riff I'm not so sure about that but I am loving the flute and violin combo when they come in that's where you're getting the ah oh, there's a bit of flavour to this I really love that segment the lyrics seem to it seems to suggest there's like a longing for a loved one, but like in a physical way, sex, basically. But the staging doesn't really present that, though. So 
there's some really nice moments here, but just a bit confusing for me. Well, actually, there is the the dancer that comes on, the female dancer that sort of, you know, he holds her hand and stares into her eye momentarily and then couldn't be less interested in her for the rest of the song. I've got a song to sing, thanks. (laughs) So she's not the one that he's hoping can, um, you know, is the only one that can do it (laughs) in the title. But yeah, I really like this. So that's the seven songs. Which one is going to get the nod as our second cherry? For Serbia, find out after this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, Matt, this is our section where we try and spread a bit of positivity. We talk about nice and lovely things that are happening in the fandom and in the Eurovision world. What have you got for us this week? Well, this might be a little bit of a personal request. I've sort of like shoehorned this in. But I think... Dami Im's new song, which is out today, remember we're recording this on Friday, Paper Dragon, is a just a great pop song and I just want to spread a bit of love and just highlight this and send sort of, you know, you lot over there to go and have a look at the, the video, which is incredible. Now, this is Dami Im's entry to Eurovision this this coming year, would have been if it wasn't for the whole change of arrangements. So when she threw her hat into the ring last year at the national final, this was the song that she had ready to go. So she's released it. She's released it with a video uh, sort of with uh, an Italian artist, like a stop motion artist who's kind of done these sort of origami type figures and then stop. It's a beautiful, beautiful video. Um, And I just think that the song's great. I love Dami and I just think it deserves a bit of attention. And nice to hear the song that she, you know, threw her hat into the ring with. I'm kind of, I, I, if I were her, I might have sat on it until the opportunity came around. But, you know, she's decided not to. But she's been clever and released it after the 1st of September deadline. So, you know, if anything should happen to happen to Montaigne, Dami Im is there with a ready-prepared backup song. But there we are. Dami Im and her new single, and that is... Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So then, we're going to reveal the song that we've chosen as the Serbian cherry. And that is song number five, which was Igor Simic with Plesza Rastanak. Farewell Dance. That is the song that we've chosen. It's third place in the national final, so we're kind of like on a par with the voting public over in Serbia but um, I think for me personally I, w- I really pushed for this in the Cherry team and it was all about the visual for me I, I just think it's it's beautiful good good song beautiful visuals really into it it's a good song and yeah absolutely the visuals look great <laughs> So there we have it, our second cherry for Serbia. So now there's just one thing left to do, and that is tell you how you can contact us. And we might read you out on the show. So Twitter, you can find us at Second Cherry. 
Instagram, second underscore cherry. Facebook, second cherry podcast. And you can email us in, which is... Hello at secondcherry.vision. Hello at secondcherry.vision. That is .vision, not .com, in case you are sending an email into the void if you send it to .com. Mm-hmm. Yes, dot vision. Dot vision. Yeah, a vision of us. <laughs> <laughs> Cherry vision. <laughs> so there you are. Please do let us know your thoughts or your musings or just say hello. We always like to hear from you. Have a moan as well. We like it. Just interact with us. Yeah, we won't read that out though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say goodbye. And I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. See you later. Bye. Bye.